Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. And I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 President-Elect. We also have Helena Hodges, Vice President of Finance and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing the Principal Consultant at Cassie Lavori Consulting, a speaker, instructional designer, classroom facilitator, as well as the author of Producing Virtual Training, Meetings, and Webinars, and the co-author of Interact and Engage, 50-plus activities for virtual training, meetings, and webinars. Cassie Labori. Welcome, Cassie. Thank you for having me today. Well, before we jump into our topic of producing virtual training, meetings, and webinars, please share a little about yourself with our listeners. Yeah, sure thing. I'm so excited too that you brought that book up because I do have a copy of that for one lucky listener today. But um, yay, I'm, I'm actually holding it in my hands. Um, I do virtual training and I help other people in the world uh, love to do it as well. And, uh, you know, two plus years ago, everybody figured out that they had to do that whether they wanted to or not. Um, I, on the other hand, have been doing it by choice for about 23 years. And uh, I started doing it. I was a Microsoft trainer a long time ago, way back then. And I was driving down the 101 in San Francisco, California, where I used to live. I now live in upstate New York. Uh, But there was a big ad featuring RuPaul. And RuPaul was saying on that ad, on that big billboard, we've got to start meeting like this. I'm Aww. like, what is this company? It was WebEx. And so WebEx, oh, pre-Cisco oh days, I know, right? Was running an ad campaign with RuPaul. And um, there's, you can Google it. There are commercials. With, it's great. It was a Super Bowl halftime show um, ad. Uh, one of the, Not halftime, but Super Bowl ad. And I decided I needed to work there right away. So I became a technical trainer for WebEx. And that's actually what launched me into the world of virtual training. You know, and fast forward to I work for myself now, helping people be good at it, whether they're using WebEx or Zoom or Teams or whatever it may be. Oh, wow. You know, this is, well, one, that's cool. And then two, small world, 23 years ago, I was in Vacaville, California. Oh my God. Really, I, I know, know exactly where that is, and you were probably, we probably hot past each other when you lived there. That's a hot place. Did you ever go to the garlic festival in Gilroy? Yes. <laughs> Did you have the garlic ice cream? The, the yeah, the smell from miles away. No, couldn't get away from it. But Vacaville is in further, right? Like, um, it's between 99? San Francisco and Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I went to high school in Sac, so. Yeah. And that's where I went to college. This is so funny. Oh my goodness. Okay. So (laughs) back to the topic at hand. (laughs) So as you know, as you mentioned, uh, it's awesome that you've been doing this for 23 years, but over the past two years, most of us have had to figure out how to create and facilitate virtual trainings and meetings. And right. And there's so many resources published on this topic. And while many resources, though, focus uh, focus on like the facilitation of the virtual sessions or, uh, you know, somehow running the meeting, uh, I love that your book, Producing Virtual Training Meetings and Webinars, focuses on the production aspect. Mm -hmm. So with production in mind, where do you begin planning and designing a virtual training? Mm, 
I love that. I might have such a technical background. And I think that, you know, uh, I, I have also published on the topic of facilitating as well as designing. But, you know, there was always these small sections of, and then don't forget to have your producer, you know, and really yeah. <laughs> I felt the producer needed their own book, you know, the, the focus, because there's just so much that goes into it. And so, I, I, I mean, for me, when I'm designing any virtual training program, it is always with the tech slash production in mind. Um, because because the way that you engage people and the way that you're going to be able to interact with them is driven by what technology is available to you. Um, because we all know <laughs> and we've learned in the last two plus years that someone sitting on a camera talking to you and begging you to come off mute is not the answer to engagement. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> there's all these other things you can do to you know, ultimately get people to talk with you and, and also want to come on camera. But I think it involves the production side of things, you know, sounding good, looking good, and then using all the features in such a way that people want to be part of it. And it feels, I'm going to just put natural in air quotes, um, as if being in person is natural, arguably, right? <laughs> in yeah. the world we live in today. But, yeah. you know, using features in the way we use our phones today, you know, um, when you're in a Zoom or a Teams or a WebEx, like, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on when somebody types in the chat, to me, it is as, it, it is as if they said it out loud. It was spoken. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that takes an eye towards recognizing the production of it. You know, when, like when trainers, facilitators say to me, the chat is distracting me. I'm like, the chat is the same thing as the people sitting in front of you in the room. <laughs> yes. If you let it be, I mean, I know it looks different and I know, you know, like, and, you know, I hope that one day these features allow us to like zoom in on the fonts. Cause as I age, I understand why I might want the font to be bigger. <laughs> Some of those yes. things, but you know, this, that's, that's the production side of things. And then this idea, I'm like talking your head off this idea. No, I love this. Trainers and facilitators aren't doing a good job and all they're doing is, is being a talking head. I always ask, do they have a producer helping them? Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of times the answer is, well, no, we don't have that resource. And I'm like, well, that's why mm. you're expecting them to do it all. But, you know, in the, in the before time, you didn't expect me to also build the building and order up the desks and chairs and like arrange them and then do the electricity <laughs> and the heating as well. <laughs> You I wanted love that analogy. <laughs> I put that in the book because you know it's a little, it's a little bit of a peeve. You can't tell, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, you expected me to show up and perform and have my materials and be able to work the room, but I didn't have to build the room. <laughs> <laughs> when I went online, you said, "Hey, build the room too," and while you're at it, get everybody in. It. <laughs> you know? That's another thing I didn't have to worry about in person. You all know how to come to the room. I didn't have to help you go through the door and choose a seat. But online, somehow you need help with that. <laughs> you know, so. Oh. so I'm just curious, what does this look like? So what I'm imagining in my head, so I've done uh, lesson plans for academic, for corporate training. So I imagine, you know, there's like the cues on, you know, what the content that you cover. And then there's like the, um, you know, what type of activity is and instructor notes. And so now I almost imagine you build on a, a producer notes. So well, how does, what does this look like? You know, I have a, uh, a template for available for download actually on my site because oh, it's actually ooh. a lot more simple than you might think. Um, and I learned it a long time ago from a person who was a friend. She was a mentor when I first met her. Her name is uh, Nanette Minor. And uh, 
she she provided this template to me and lets me share it with all of you to this day. I love it. It's literally just a three column format. <laughs> I love this so much where you have the the media or the slide or whatever you're presenting on in the first column and it's little because guess what? It's gigantic on your screen. So you don't need yeah. a gigantic printed copy of a PowerPoint slide. It's a tiny little, that's the one I'm on. And then in the center is... Uh, whatever level of scripting for the trainer, presenter, facilitator. And then on the far right column is the technical notes or the producer script, or if it's a person, either way, whether it's a a person or the technical notes, they're in the third column. And the cool thing about this three column format is that each media, each like say slide or screen that you're, you know, presenting to in each moment is its own row. Mm. And within that row, you can decide when the producer does what they do. And so if you can imagine, like, I'm going to say something, like, here's my slide in the top left, and then I'm going to say something which says, say, blah, 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 you know, welcome everybody, blah, blah, blah. The producer's not doing anything until I'm done talking. And so on the third column on the right, the producer's part would not be until further down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, I, just, I relate this to uh, video production. Yes. Uh, yeah, totally. Like the storyboard. Because right now I'm, I'm mm-hmm. making learning how to write up a script for video. And we're going to do a whole thing with I'm working with TechSmith to do this. And uh, Matt Pierce over there is helping me. And uh-huh. uh, he gave me a format for putting a script together. And I'm like, this looks like my facilitator guide for <laughs> This looks familiar. This. Yeah. <laughs> and like another thing that happens in that column is maybe I'm presenting or, you know, conducting a discussion in one moment and in the next 15 minutes, it's going to be a small group activity where breakout rooms may be required. What we'll do in that third column is put in there while the discussion is being conducted, prepare breakout rooms with teams of three, you know, and it'll tell them ahead of time so that by the time 15 minutes goes by and I'm there, I can set up the activity and then say, all right, producer, you know, hey, Chris, who's in what team and how much time do they have? And you would already have prepared everything and would be prepared to to speak out loud to that. And I wouldn't be catching you off guard. I love that. You know what? And I even love that if I if I was my own producer, if I'm doing virtual training, I think that would be cool with a producer and when you're serving as your own producer too. That's right. Yeah, that's why, you know, because like, let's be honest, like when I do a webinar, when I'm the presenter... I, I'm I'm also like, I may have a producer that I'm working with that's from the company that's hosting it, but I'm also just kind of producing my own stuff. So yeah. it also serves as the technical notes, which allows you to separate the technical from the content and the message and the reason that you're there. Because how many, you know, Zoom team WebEx meetings have we been in where you're like, I forgot why we're here because all we just did was spend time connecting and figuring out how to change our virtual <laughs> background. <laughs> why are we here? <laughs> you know, <so>. Yep. <laughs> Great. Thanks for those chats. Um, Let's move on. (laughs) You know, know, Cassie, I'm so glad you mentioned breakouts before because um, one of the things people are curious about is what are some things that we can do to have effective breakout facilitation and production? Mm, Yeah, I think it's such a good question because a a lot of it's about... (laughs) Uh, about planning, but then also being flexible enough to, you know, do other things because the plan doesn't go according to plan, <laughs> as <laughs> we see in person all the time too. Uh, but, you know, having 
I think people need to have a reason to do it because I have heard some people complain about as soon as I launch breakouts, my attendees will leave my session. And so I've conducted some sort of focus groups on this, like, why? What's happening? And I have found that when that's happening to people, it's because they usually save the breakout until the end. And they've also invited way too many people into the class uh, to have any you know, meaningful connection with them. And so I think if you, if you're planning breakouts and you want them to work, they have to be done in a way that's going to make sense to people. And they have to have, you know, the motivation ahead of time. And then of course, you've got to have the tech in place so that it doesn't become an opportunity for everyone to just disengage because you're having so many tech problems. (laughs) You know, it's a combination of those two things, I think. I wish we aired this last week because I was just at a session and that exact thing happened. They put the breakout at the end and then uh, people just left. So I left. <laughs> so, you know, you're in there by yourself. You know, I love messing with people and saying, hey, welcome everyone. Guess what? We're going into a breakout. Say hi to your neighbor. And they go right away and they're like, what just happened? Who, I love happening? it. And then, and then the thing is, is now they're talking to each other and then they come back and you should hear the energy. When they come back from that breakout, they're laughing. I'm like, what happened? Who'd you meet? Did you get him on LinkedIn? You know, I tease him and stuff. And then I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to put you back in that breakout in a moment. But first, I'm going to show you some stuff. And then you'll be discussing it with that person that you just met. You game? Green check. You know, and they're like, okay, we can't wait. We can't wait. I'm so happy that uh, Zoom, I, I love Zoom. I, I my favorite right now, but that doesn't mean I work for Zoom or that I'm endorsing them. Okay. I'm just telling you, I love it right now. <laughs> but uh, I love that it, they've made it so easy because I used yeah. to be like, no, we're not doing breakouts if we have more than 25 people because it'll break or it'll be too hard to manage. But um, I'm increasingly like, no, 150. Great. Try it. Put them in there. So let's see what happens. <laughs> you know? And it works. It's amazing. Nice. Now, I, I'm curious also about designing session materials. Is there anything that you can recommend? Do you mean like tool-wise or do you mean approach-wise? Tool-wise. I am a big fan of simplicity. And I... Because I do live virtual training... My world, you know, is not so much focused on tools as as it is, you know, what we are doing, right? And for me, really, it's just so simple. It's PowerPoint slides, Word documents, you know. Um, is that what you're talking about in terms of materials? Or, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I keep it real simple because of the world that I'm currently in and, and that... I also, as an independent consultant, work with clients all over the world and they have to be able to receive whatever I'm making. And those kind of tools, pretty much everybody has. Um, Yeah, so I I keep things very, very simple. And approach-wise, I'm very much about what are you doing? I always ask myself, I have a mantra. uh, What did I just do that I could have let you do? Or what did I just say that I could have let you say? And so whatever materials are helping me let you do and say things, because it's about your learning process, uh, those are the tools that I want to use. So with, <laughs> with production in mind, are there any strategies that you could share to help build successful virtual working relationships with presenters? Oh, I love that question. Thanks, Leticia. Um, I think the relationship is key to making it work if you have a person in the role of producer, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And the biggest thing that I have implemented with anyone that I've ever worked with is the rehearsal. 
And the rehearsal is just absolutely key because what happens in the rehearsal is obviously going through content and I come from theater. So it's the blocking, if you will, you know, enter stage left, exit stage right, you know, and while you're on there, here's the things we won't bump into, you know, Uh we go through all of that. Um, But we work through who's going to say what at what point. Um, And all the while we're doing relationship building and getting to know one another. So like the second part of that, the rehearsal is, is key for building the relationship. And then for the relationship maintenance, Having a tool where you can quickly communicate um, some sort of instant messaging, whether it be a Slack channel or if, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you use. It's because you got to do behind the scenes because how many times are you on the camera and talking? And I can't be like, Leticia, what I need you to do is make one extra group for so-and-so. You know, I need to like chat that to you. And and the relationship is key because when you're chatting like that in the moment, Mm -hmm. I need to be able to hear from the producer, Cassie, speed it up. You only got five minutes and I got to not be offended by that (laughs) because you don't want them to be like, could you please make sure that you speak a little faster because you, I can't read all that. They have to be able to type to me in quick bursts. And I have to make sure that I don't think that those bursts are offensive. And so we we established that through relationship. I'm like, you can talk to me quickly. I will not perceive it as rude. And if I do, we'll talk about it later. But in the moment, please just tell me to do things quickly and I'll do the same for you. And we'll continue to work on our relationship from there. But in the moment, at a glance, because we want to perform, you know. Nice. That's very helpful to know because, um, especially when you're doing something like this for the first time or occasionally you forget these little tips and tricks. And so thank you for even, um, you know, telling us things that we should know, but once in a while we kind of forget any recommendations for resources. I actually teach people to be producers. Of course, you can always reach out to me. There's that. But you know what? All the producers that I have worked with are the kind of people that are very hands-on. So if you know, if you want to help somebody learn, you know, you're going to help a presenter because they're they're delivering something in WebEx or they're going to be in Zoom. There are free versions of these tools out there. Get inside there and learn it, you know, click on everything. And a big tip is to log in a second computer as an attendee and you can see what it looks like for you as the host, but then what the attendee sees and what their full process is. Like email your, your personal email and invitation so you can see what it's like to receive that, what it says, to click on it, to try to get in plug in the headset, get on the camera, all those things. Um, but the, 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 the best producers are very hands-on and they go find the answer and they practice. They don't guess, oh, I think that it looks different on the iPad, but I'm not sure. No, they log in an iPad and they find out why and how and exactly where you should click. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, of the learner experience, what tips do you recommend to prepare attendees to participate both before and during the session? Uh, I think people need information, but they don't read ahead of time. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> so yeah, how they, do we get around that? <laughs> they, they do tend to click on links. They do tend to watch quick videos. They like, you know, TikTok, you guys, somebody needs to come up. I should do this. TikTok, just preparing people to learn virtually. <laughs> Little TikTok videos, you'll be fine. Quick videos of what they should do. But then I teach people very much in the moment of need. So, you know, clear, simple information ahead of time to get them there. And then once they're there, having them use things. 
So rather than a sit and wait on mute approach, it's more like a come off mute, wave, how you doing? Where are you located? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite book? Like we were talking about, <laughs> what, what should I watch on Netflix next? Type that in the chat, type it on the screen, get them to use the tool right away uh, in a way that's, you know, a learning and development word would be in a way that's safe. So yeah. that when it comes time to then focus in on the learning and the content, they're not wondering how to use the annotation tool. Yeah. It, creating that psychological safety. Yes. Like everyone, let's draw. I love this. I'm like, everyone, let's draw a picture of the beach because don't we all wish we were there? <laughs> Can we collaborate on a beach photo together right now? You know, and then they just try Aww. and then it's really fun. And it's like, type your name on the part that you drew. And then later on, when we've got this the leadership concepts that we're going over and I want them to type, they're, they're fine. They're ready to go. So Cassie, we have reached that time in the episode where we do rapid fire. So we typically like to ask these questions and each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I got it. You're ready? Okay. <laughs> First question. Give us one book that everyone must read and why. You got to read What's Your Formula, written by Brian Washburn. This book is so much fun because when do you get the periodic table of learning elements in your daily life? It's so easy to read and just really creative in the way it was approached. And I think that it's good for uh, not only instructional designers, but also trainers. And I think producers could fare well by reading it as well. Plus, Brian Washburn's a good dude. Check out his stuff. <laughs> you know, we know Brian because he was a guest on our podcast a few months ago and he talked about his formula. So, wow, it's all coming full circle. Thanks for it's recommending cool. that. He's nice. Like, he's that's funny. I live in Rochester, New York, and he grew up here. So it's kind of fun. Oh. He doesn't live in the area anymore, but he's a good dude. <laughs> it's a small ATD world. It is. Now, what's one tool that you cannot live without? One I tool. am a really big fan of Snagit. <laughs> I love oh. grabbing little pictures. I'm a very... Uh, I like to make creative, you know, visually appealing slides and, and things. And I tend to never be able to find what I want. And so I put it together <laughs> myself. And I like how Snagit gives me the freedom to do that. Very nice. Now tell us the best piece of advice that you've ever been given. I love this. Uh, long, long ago, I had a boss. His name is Hunter Gilliam. And he is the one I worked for when I was driving down that uh, 101 long ago. And he said to me, I've got a virtual training gig for you. And I go, what are you even talking about? What are those two words? And he goes, I don't know. But here's the advice. <laughs> You're the actor. Just make it sound great. <laughs> and then they'll be engaged. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> I mean, it's not all about that, right? But way back then, I mean, we're talking about the late 90s, you guys, okay? Yeah. None of us knew what you were doing. And he was like, just make it sound great. <laughs> and he's not wrong. He is not wrong to this day. You can have all the great tools. You can have like beautiful slides. But seriously, if you have a presenter that's like, welcome, everyone. We'll be going uh -huh. through the following list of items. You're, you've ruined it. Over. And, you know, conversely, if you sound great and your slides look pooey and you're <laughs> pooey, I just said that. And <laughs> just in case you want to edit that, <laughs> no. <laughs> I should restate it. <laughs> no. Um, okay. All right. Um, 
if you sound great, you can probably get away with it because people yeah. just walk away, right? And I'm not, I'm not advocating for this, guys. I'm not, but I'm just saying it really is a key part. How, how you sound kind of sets the mood and the tone. And I think you getting used to the tools, having a great design and practicing your facilitation is all impacted. And we can hear that through your sound. Absolutely. You know, you'll sound better if you're confident with all those other things. Learn the tool, have a producer helping you, have solid design specifically for virtual and practice your virtual facilitation. All of that will come through. The, the, the people that don't sound confident are the ones that don't have all that in place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the way you sound in more ways than one, I know there's a lot of research coming out on sound quality. People will forgive poor video, but sound quality really affects your credibility. You know, that's absolutely true too. The technical yeah. side of sound. Oh my goodness. The people are not having it. They are not having it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Amazing. Oh, well, Cassie, great advice all around. We are so happy you joined us today to share with our listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And you know what? I got to tell you, um, you mentioned that I have the producing book and I also have that interact and engage book Ooh. and it's coming out again. Ooh. Interact and engage 75 plus activities. Ooh, 25 more. Out. 25 more. And technically there's more than that, but <laughs> uh, it's coming out in September. We got the official date from ATD and there will be another version of that book available very, very soon. Yay. Okay. Well, and I want to thank, of course, my co-host as well. This was so engaging. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you for having me. Oh, and of course, many thanks to our listeners. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you a member of the Metro DC chapter of ATD? We have resources just for you. Go to dcatd.org and select the members only section of resources to access our digital library, member directory, and chapter documents. Follow the Metro DC chapter of ATD on LinkedIn today.